This is Stephen Adams. And this is Cameron Durant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> you Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go again. <laughs> so, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Ennis Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say to that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Ennis Cantor, and you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're a part of DailyThunder.com, also Almighty Baller Radio. You can listen to us on Dash Radio on Saturday afternoons. With me today is the hot ham man, John Ham. John, what's up? What is going on this morning? Oh, I'm just sitting here drinking coffee out of my Stephen Adams mug. Stephen uh, Adams mug? Yeah. Did wow, you, I don't did have you, one of those. Did you see the Stephen Adams interview that he did in, I think it was the Philippines? No, I did not. He, he recently did it. I watched it this morning, and I get like only like 150 people have watched it so far on YouTube. Um, <laughs> but it's pretty interesting. If you, uh, he, they asked. Well, the most interesting thing to me is they asked him, "What's it like playing with Russell Westbrook?" And he said, "It's real hard." <laughs> he said, "He's so he's so fast." <laughs> That's great. That's pretty great. Stephen Adams is awesome. You should go. Everybody, yeah. check out that interview. Let's let's get him more than 150 uh, views on that. Um, was it C- was it CNN Philippines or was it something else? I don't I don't even know. Somebody sent it okay. to me on Twitter. Um, thank you. It was some some massive Stephen Adams fan. Um, John, there's a few things going on. Not a lot going on in the NBA right now. But let's talk about Russell Westbrook a little bit. Let's first talk about like how breaking news happens, and then let's talk about like the structure of Russ's contract going forward. So I'm going to let you go yeah. on that yeah. on that first topic. <clears throat> yeah, because I mean, I you know, look, I know everyone is is on pins and needles waiting for an answer one way or another. You know, is Russell Westbrook going to sign this extension? Um, and so it's giving. I don't know. It's giving rise to people, you know, to come up with their own theories why it hasn't been done yet. Mostly on the negative side, um, you know, or, or people just coming out and reporting that, oh yeah, it's going to be done here in a couple of days, and maybe it will be. But I mean, here's my perspective on this. So last year, I was out in Las Vegas. I was out there for 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 my main job at a conference, but in my spare time, I was out at summer league, which was awesome. That is great. <laughs> So, but I remember I'm in my hotel room and that there was the morning that Howard Beck wrote the story that he was talking to people in Las Vegas and everyone expected Russell Westbrook to be traded. And I remember texting the down to dunk group Mm -hmm. and saying, man, it sure feels like Russ is going to be traded after his camp is over because he was doing his camp in Tulsa during that time. Mm -hmm. And that was I mean, that was not informed. That was just kind of, you know, gosh, I'm reading this Howard Beck article. And I mean, this is just kind of how it looks like it's heading. And so you were going to do your down to dunk live pod later that night. Yeah. Um, Later that day, I got information that Russell Westbrook had agreed to an extension. Mm-hmm. So that was that was mid-July. I was going to say, I got an alert two days ago that it was a year ago that we did that. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, and so you're like, I, I didn't even tell you guys. I didn't follow up, you know, the group text. Like, oh my God, guys, guess what? You know, it's like, oh, all righty then. Now, I could have run to Twitter and mm-hmm. I could have fired out, uh, Russell Westbrook has agreed to an extension. And I was also told some other things that were possibly going on um, but you know, I, I didn't want to do that for number one. I didn't want to burn my source. Mm-hmm. Uh, for number two, I didn't have multiple confirmations on this. I didn't feel comfortable with it. Now let's say that I had done that. I go to Twitter, fire it off, get it out there. It's weeks before it actually happens. Yeah. Like you're, he, he agreed to it, but it didn't get signed for a few weeks. You're two and a half weeks of just sitting there and people just drilling you on Twitter probably. Oh, no, no. People would have been cool. They would have been like, oh, no, Ham knows what he's talking about. Let's just let's give him some space. We're, we're, we're going to be totally cool. I'm sure. No, I mean, look at Chris Haynes. I mean, that dude. 
I mean, no matter, you know, right. positive opinion, negative of, of Chris Haynes, I mean, that dude was getting drilled for hours over the Gordon Hayward thing. Right. And he had it. Yeah. He had it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it wasn't uh, convenient for the other people. So, um, yeah. So anyway, like that's information that I sat on. But, you know, whenever I went on and did my spots on the franchise or even on Down to Dunk, I'm sure if you went back. I expressed all kinds of optimism. Mm -hmm. I still think, you know, Russell Westbrook is going to extend. I didn't know the terms. I didn't know any other details other than that he he had committed to resign. So Mm -hmm. in other words, and I don't want to speak for Royce and Fred and and Eric and Brett and and the great, you know, the people like the professionals, because I'm a rank amateur at this crap. Okay. Mm -hmm. Those professionals. You know, those guys, I'm sure, hear stuff all the time, and they don't run out and report every little thing they get. It informs their writing, yeah. and that's kind of you know that's kind of the approach that I've taken. It's, it's informed my analysis whenever I'm brought on to be a quote-unquote insider. You know, I, I take information that I hear, and I try to filter it and then present it out there and, and use it also to kind of combat some of the craziness. But um, – yeah, I mean, not not everyone is Woj or Shams. I mean, those guys, that is mm-hmm. their own little industry. It's almost like an information exchange, right? you know, between agents and teams. And, okay, if I tell you this, can you tell me what you've heard about that? Uh, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, they're, they're, it, it's a currency exchange they got going on there. Yep. It's not a business I'm interested in. So, <laughs> anyway... And the other, you kind of going back, you know, like I said, I, I heard that Russ committed. I heard there was other things in the works. Those things didn't happen. So imagine if I had reported that those things, you know, were in the works and didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, we were I also, talking about stuff like in free agency that seemed like right. it was done, but wasn't done. And if, right. if like any of us had tweeted about it, then like we'd be looking pretty stupid right now. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, but, you know, I take that information to say, yeah, they're working on things. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to come out and tell you exactly what I've heard, but I can tell you, yeah, they're working on things. Mm-hmm. Um, last year on two different occasions in July and August, I heard the Rudy Gay trade was done, basically done, agreed to. Uh, I, I couldn't get further confirmation on that. I kind of sat on it. I, I think I, I made the comment a couple of times like, no, I think that there's some I think that there's a fire where that smoke is coming from. And it didn't happen. So now for various reasons, I think it probably would have, uh, like if campaign's foot wasn't messed up, but you know, so anyway, I just, I, I put that out there. Some people are a lot more comfortable with hearing something and running with it. And that's, you know, that's cool. Um, it's just, it's just not anything that I'm particularly interested in doing. And, and I know people like Fred and Royce as well. They, they look, they, they approach it a lot differently as well. Yeah. I think that most of those guys, if they need to hear it from more than one person, or they need to hear it from like somebody that's super inside, or that you know they're not just going to report it because they hear it through the grapevine, right? Um, because there's a lot of stuff going on. There are a tremendous amount of discussions that these teams are having. <laughs> like you hear about trades, you hear about interest in a player, you hear about all this stuff. That stuff is just, I mean, I mean, we talk about like trades and stuff usually on Friday podcasts. We do the trade machine, and I mean. That times like a thousand is like happening all the time. Like, yeah, the Thunder are interested in a lot of players. Like, if we were, if it was reported like every player they were interested in, I think the the fan base heads would explode. Um, right, because it's just it's some of it's kind of crazy and some of it's really exciting and most of it never happens. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, just look at everything that's come out of Boston. I'm sure if you go to. Yeah. If you go to any NBA rumor site right now, you're probably going to get Celtics considering trade for Anthony Davis. Right. That's probably out there somewhere. Yeah. And it means absolutely nothing. Right. It is <laughs> it is just empty calories, but it makes you feel good because, oh, my God, what if they traded Jay Crowder and what if they moved this and what if they put in finally put in the Nets pick? And, mm-hmm. you know, in a way, it's good because it keeps people talking about the sport. Um, and, and people are, you know, they're really fired up about it. They're passionate about it. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but um, I don't know. Just I, I would say be be a little more careful out there. You know, ki- kind of what you read, where it comes from. Not to say that. I mean, if someone obscure comes up and says something, and it turns out to be true, that doesn't mean they were discredited. But right. you know, just it's it, it's kind of tricky. Yeah. Um, and, and I would just caution that, you know. 
no news is not necessarily bad news too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, th- and these guys probably aren't making it up. They probably have heard it from somebody. But like John was saying, like you don't want to report everything that you hear. Like I think some of those guys, like you mentioned, would say that that's not reporting. Like you've got to right. You've got to dig deeper. Like hearing right. one hearing one thing from one person is not. And then saying it is not reporting like that. You've got to dig deeper once you hear that. Like, I think Fred would say, like, that's a signal that you need to, like, dig deeper and and figure some things out before you just go out and say it. Yep. And and those professionals that I mentioned earlier, again, Royce, Fred, Brett, Eric, anyone that's ever worked at the Oklahoman, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, those people are, are, are very well networked. Yeah, you know, probably a lot more than I know, not probably, certainly, definitely a lot more than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, those guys, uh, I, I, I don't I don't think they could get anything, you know, I, I don't think they could take one thing and run with it or the Oklahoma. And there would be an editor that stopped up and says, wait, where else have you heard this from? Right. It would have yep. to be. Yeah, they, they just they can't operate that way. And I don't even know if the people at the Oklahoma want to operate necessarily in that. You know, rumor space. If they've got a report that something is imminent for multiple sources, I'm sure they'll report it right then and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're not going to. They're not just going to run, you know, with with something that was just, you know, kind, kind of uh, breezed by them by some agent they were talking to. I mean, it's got to be a little more informed than that. Yeah, and there's bigger risk with those guys too, because like, yeah. it's a it's a source from ESPN with Royce. That's right. report, that's reporting that this is happening. You know, it's Fred's credibility. It's the Oklahoman's credibility when it comes to those other guys. It's just like you just and maybe you're maybe you don't get the scoop. Maybe you're not the one who's the first person to say it. Um, but it's just better for them to not say it because, like, most of the time you're going to be wrong if you're only using right. one or even two sources. Like, you're most likely it's it's going to be wrong. So you just you can't risk being wrong. Um, so. Yeah, that's the thing. You're exactly right. I mean, those guys can't put their neck out on the line for you know something kind of flimsy. Yeah. Um, and there are some people out there that you know have their own little blog that can uh, can take that risk or feel like they can. Yeah. Um, and they're going to hit every once in a while. I have no doubt about it. But if mm-hmm. you want more consistent, accurate information, you know, the pros are out there. Yep. Uh, let's talk about Russell Westbrook's contract. So he's still out there. The contract is probably sitting on some desk waiting for him to sign it. Uh, what is it going to look like, Ham? Is he going to sign the five-year? Everybody thinks that maybe he'll wait and sign like a lesser amount. Like what? To run us through these options. Yeah, so as I understand it, under the new agreement, uh, Russ is eligible for this, you know, what everyone's been, what, what everyone kind of generally knows as the designated veteran player extension. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be a five-year extension, and it can be it, it's it's negotiable from thirty percent of the cap up to thirty-five, um, based on whatever the cap is going to be in twenty eighteen. So, uh, in other words, my understanding, and I went through yesterday and read and, and and tried to clarify this. The way I understand it, he's he cannot sign like another one plus one extension right now, or another short-term extension right now. At this moment, his option is. Sign a five-year extension or do not. Yeah, or wait until his contract expires and then sign a new deal. Exactly. If he waits, then yeah, then he could. You know, he could sign basically whatever contract he was comfortable with with whatever team um, as mm-hmm. well. So, uh, but in Oklahoma City, he could get a five-year deal. If he signed elsewhere, it would be only four. So, Russ is going to be at a point because he's hitting that 10 year mark where he doesn't have to, there's no advantage to him taking a short term deal. Yeah. yeah there's there's just, no reason for him to do that. This is the most amount of money that he can make. He can right. sign it today, ink it today and be done. Uh, and that's a long deal. Like five, five years is a long, long deal. And well, in, a, in addition to the year he has, it's six years because right. it would be tacked on at the end of this coming season. So yeah, it would be a six-year deal. Yeah, I mean that's, I mean that's like super like three CBAs ago type of deal. I mean you Man, just you just don't see this. <laughs> back in yeah, back in the '99 agreement, players could sign up for seven years. 
And there were dudes out there like Alan Houston that got like massive long-term deals or Tariq Abdul-Wahad that signed these long-term deals that immediately turned toxic. And yeah, it's, you know, James Harden just signed. His extension was over six years and I don't know, 228, I don't know, like the the richest NBA contract. Um, Russell Westbrook is in position to sign the extension plus with the year he's got left on his deal to eclipse that deal. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, I mean, they'll have Russ until he's 34 and then any, when he is 34, what's he getting paid? Like 40 some odd million? Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, the cap is going to keep going or hopefully it's going to keep going up. So, Mm -hmm. um, but still, yeah, you're right. You're, you, it is definitely a potential Kobe situation where you're going to have a player towards the end of his contract, or even Dwayne Wade in Miami, where Miami eventually reached a point where they weren't willing to commit, you know, the kind of uh, uh, thank you contract to Dwayne Wade. So, yeah. but I mean, that's God, that's eons from now. It is. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy to think about, but um, yeah, if, if he's going to sign a deal, it's going to be the five year. And if he waits, uh, that I think it's probably concerning, should be concerning to Thunder fans a little bit. Um, but also, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if he and Paul George decided that they wanted to take another run at it and they both signed like a two plus one or something like that. I actually think that that might be like the most favorable thing to OKC um, rather than like signing this massive five year deal because I think that it could way in the future handicap what they're going to try to do later. Um, but for now, I think that the Thunder obviously would love for him to just sign that deal. And I think that does speak vol- that would speak volumes to Paul George, I think, if Russ is willing to commit to this city for five more years. Um, so it's there's just a lot. It's, it's very interesting. I just think there's yeah. a lot of interesting things within it. I think that a lot hinges on him signing it or not signing it. The storylines hinge on that. Uh, is Paul George really just a a secret agent here in Oklahoma City trying to get Russell Westbrook <laughs> to sign with the Lakers? Like you can squash that if he signs it. Um, the summer league champion Lakers, Andrew. You need to oh, give them man. their proper respect. That's right. To them. That's okay. right. <laughs> God is good, John Ham. God is good. Um, uh, but yeah, just to, and just to you know, kind of clarify this because like Paul George, I, I wrote recently on Daily Thunder, like there's an advantage to him taking a short term deal this summer so he can get to the ten year veteran mark mm-hmm. and then cash in on the thirty five percent of the salary cap max. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Durant, the past two seasons, was in that position to take short deals so he could get to the ten years. Uh, no advantage to Russ doing that. So. I, I've heard people throwing around the idea that, well, you know, maybe Russ does just want to take a short term deal to see how it goes here in Oklahoma City. And, and I'm not I'm not crapping on that logic. Um, but if you have an opportunity to lock in guaranteed 200 plus million dollars, yeah. you know, you can you can force yourself out later. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. He's almost more valuable. Um, as yeah, a, he's exactly. more valuable as a trade ship for the Thunder and. If you're 34 years old, like Russell, I I believe in Russell Westbrook. I'm not trying to like say that I don't think I think he's going to decline early or anything like that. But a guy that relies on his athleticism as much as he does, and he's aware of this, you just don't know like when when that's going to end or when that's going to decline, and it could happen at 32, and so. Yeah. It's really, I mean, it's a, it's a, it would be a big deal if he declined it because, and went and signed like a short term deal because turning down 40 plus million when you're 34 years old, I mean, that's, that's a huge, huge deal to NBA yeah. players. And, and Russ may still be at the peak of his powers. He may end up being like LeBron where he doesn't really show, you know, a super decline until later on in his career. And, you know, we're, we're kind of inter- entering an interesting phase of the NBA where the technology and the value on sleep and the value on rest and the value on all these things, we're like, this is new territory. So, like, we can't, we can't use, like, the old way of thinking about these guys 
um, when it comes to declining. So either LeBron right. is just as big of a freak as we think he is, or maybe we're entering an era where guys can play a little bit longer um, at their peak. So I think that Russ will be a really interesting case study on that. And Russ doesn't drink the Mountain Dew that he advertises for. So <laughs> He does not. In fact, in that Mountain Dew commercial, he was not drinking Mountain Dew. He, this is hashtag reporting, by the way. This is so. real reporting because I saw it happen <laughs> right before my eyes that they took like some kind of like vitamin C mix and dumped out the Mountain Dew out of multiple deals and mixed this yellow vitamin C mix. And that's what he's drinking in the Mountain Dew commercials. I watched yeah. it happen. <laughs> Whereas I am addicted to diet mountain dew so there's your difference if if i didn't if i drink the vitamin c mix i mean who knows what kind of an athlete i could be you'd be killing the volleyball courts ham <sighs> yes i would <laughs> i'd like to thank anchor down for sponsoring our show if you don't follow anchor down on social media please do facebook twitter instagram all of those are Anchor Down OKC. So if you just search Anchor Down OKC, click that follow button. They're really fun. You can check out all the live events that they have, including on Friday night, they will have Eric Oftedal playing live music on their patio. It's going to be fantastic. Grab a beer, listen to some live music on Friday night. You can go pick up some good beer there. They obviously have their corn dogs with their chips. Uh, you can actually substitute tots for chips, and you can actually substitute pizza tots for chips with your corn dog, which I would highly recommend. Of course, you can always get their delicious Cobb salad. You can get great drinks, good beer. They have good mixed drinks. Uh, it's a really cool place. The patio is going to be just fantastic from 8 to 11 out there. It's right by a loft downtown, so if you guys know where a loft is and you don't know where Anchor Down is, it's just right there next to a loft um, in those big red shipping containers. It's just a cool spot. It's a really cool spot. If you haven't been down there, this Friday night would be the perfect time to go. Here's some live music, get a drink with some friends, eat some good food, also late night food, which is really rare downtown. Uh, you can get that all at Anchor Down. But let's do some TQs. Let's do it. This is from uh, Andy Harp on Twitter. There's been a buzz around the Thunder rebranding for a while. If they did, what would be your dream new look for the Thunder? <laughs> I, there's a buzz, but it's from the fans, like wanting a rebrand. Right. <laughs> Just to clarify, I'm not hearing like a buzz like from the team, like, oh, we're going to rebrand soon. I mean, it's it's from the fans, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 and I've also I've also been on record like the current logo and, and a lot of the stuff they have going on doesn't bother me as much as it does others. So probably I'm I'm not uh, I, I probably shouldn't opine on this topic too much. <laughs> uh, as you know, Ham, I wish they would rebrand. I would think that I they definitely could, know this. I think they could use a rebrand. Mm. Uh, I like the use of like the bison. Um, maybe sure. not like a big bison on the front of the jersey but maybe like on the shorts or something like that uh, i saw one recently where they used instead of just like straight lines down the jersey that they use like a light basically like a lightning bolt um mm -hmm. with the same color scheme but just use that as lightning bolt i think that's pretty cool uh other than that i think that mostly just keeping things simple i think the okc that's on the sunset jerseys which we have heard are going away i think the okc is great um, rather than spelling out Oklahoma City yeah. on the jersey, I think that OKC looks cool. Um, right. So I think like those, like just very simple updates. You can keep the same color scheme, but like add a little bit of character, show something that like is at least like thundery or like represents Oklahoma on them uh, with just like a small touch like that. I think. Those kind of things would be simple, and it wouldn't be. I don't think the Thunder will ever like do a crazy rebrand, but um, I think things like that would help. I think make the jerseys a little bit better. All right, next question. This is from at Milamo underscore OK. I think there's two questions in here. 
why is Nerlens Noel still available? Um, yeah, just the the free agent market is basically dried up. Yeah, at this point, and the center uh, market in particular is dried yeah, up. Yeah, that too. That too. And look, Nerlens Noel didn't have the greatest reputation in terms of like work habit. Yeah, with the Sixers, um, I, I know he. Maybe he turned that around a little bit in Dallas, but I mean, those are the sorts of things that you know. Maybe some teams are going. I don't really know if I want to try to you know invest all that much in him. So, right. uh, and now there's not many teams left with cap space. Right. I mean, it's the Nets, basically, pretty is, much. And they just maybe dr- the Hawks. Yeah, the Hawks too. But they've already they they've signed Dwayne Dedman. They're they're pretty mm-hmm. much locked up, I think. So yeah, and they're not one to tie a bunch of cap space up in a center. Um, and the the Nets just drafted Jared Allen out of Texas, and so mm-hmm. they're not playing for anything. I mean, literally, they're playing for nothing. No draft pick, no playoff spot, nothing. Right this season. So I, I don't think that they see a point in signing him to a deal. Um, except for to maybe just screw with Mark Cuban. Um, right. <laughs> and so I think that they'd like to play Jared Allen as much as they can. Um, they like to play uh, D'Angelo Russell as much as they can, see if they can develop some chemistry between those two. Uh, there's also the injury history with Noel. Uh, mm-hmm. That's concerning. His attitude, like you mentioned. And the fact that nobody needs a center. like, the, like yeah. Some people are like, well, I have the Thunder traded in his canner yet. Because like nobody needs Ennis Canner. <laughs> okay, Ennis Canner's a good yeah. player, but nobody, everybody's got a big guy. There, there's, it, there's no team that needs a big guy. It is hard to find a fit right now. So, but this works in Dallas's favor, and, and it's not unusual to see restricted free agents still be available this late in the game. I mean, right. Tristan Thompson, Eric Bledsoe in mm-hmm. the past. I mean, they were well into like September, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Pekovic, whenever he his deal yes. came up, went like so late. And yeah, nobody could figure out why he hadn't signed. Um, right, but yeah, cap space is going to be an issue moving forward for a lot of teams, uh, and we're starting to see that. And it's all yeah. thanks to the summer of 2016 that ruined the NBA. Thanks a lot, 2016. Seismic. I mean, just I mean, we kind of knew it at the time. We were like in the middle of that quake. Yeah, going. Wow, this this is wild, and then you get away from it. And you're like, oh my god, that was. I, I still can't believe the league and the players allowed it to happen like that. So, right. not so Kevin Durant could go to Golden State, but because they decided that Jeff Green and Bismack Biombo and Mian Mahimi had to get paid last summer, right? Chandler Parsons max contract. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> there there are some deals that are going to just sit, like that Mahimi deal is going to sit. Chandler Parsons is going to sit. Uh, all the Blazers guys are going to sit. I mean, oh, man, the Blazers. The Blazers oh. got screwed by 2016. Yeah, they did. Well, and some of it was their own doing. They didn't have to go drop $17 million a year on Evan Turner. But no. <laughs> they felt like they, oh they had to use their cap space, right? That was the yeah. thought. Got to use the space. And, you know, honestly, like the smart, the smart team was Orlando in, in this yeah. sense. They gave Jeff Green a one-year, $15 million deal. Mm-hmm. The Lakers are kind of doing something smart this year with Contavious Caldwell-Pope. One-year, big-money deal, uh, no, no long-term commitments. Um, now, Orlando, unfortunately, made some other stupid moves. But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I still can't believe, like, you're telling me Jan Mahimi wouldn't have taken a two-year, $32 million contract? Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, I, anyway. Yeah, the— the Blazers are in trouble. Like they, it, it really sucks for them because like you have you're t- paying Dame and CJ, you're paying Dame twenty six million next season, CJ twenty three million. Then Alan Crabb is making nineteen million dollars next season. Yeah. Evan Turner seventeen million. Myers Leonard almost ten million. Um, like the, those three deals, you're just screwed because like yeah. those are fine rotation level NBA players. But when you're paying rotation level NBA players nearly fifty million dollars of your cap, you are screwed. <laughs> yeah, and then think about this in Miami. 
Tyler Johnson, who's a perfectly fine rotational guard. Yeah. Um, he's going to be on one of those weird contracts that jacks up to almost $20 million uh, the last two seasons of his deal. Oh, so, man. They should have just yeah. let the Nets have them. Just let the Nets have those guys. And uh, yeah, I, I, I had a brief conversation with, with David Brandon, my my guy at Bird Rights NBA. He heard yeah. from someone that, that said that Pat Riley wanted to let that one go, but it was Mickey Arison that jumped in and said, no, we got to keep him. Interesting. So, yeah. Take that for what it's worth. Yeah, that's another thing within all of this stuff is that ownership matters. Like These are the guys yep. that are writing the checks for everybody. <laughs> And if they want something to happen, it's typically going to happen. Typically going to happen. Yep. And you just got to work with it. We're all just working for billionaires here. Um, yep. Same Twitter handle at Milamo underscore OK. Uh, says the Thunder need another wing. And then it says hashtag Tony Allen. <laughs> do they need another wing? I, I don't think they do. I, I don't think so. I mean, honestly, um, I, I, I honestly don't think they do. I've had some people mention Tony Allen to me. Yeah. Not with not with Andre Robertson on hand. I don't right. I don't see the point of having that kind of redundancy. Yeah, I think with with Robertson, you don't need you don't need Tony Allen. No, because um, where are the minutes? Because you got Robertson and you've got I mean, and also you got all these young guys. You got Robertson. You have a Brinus. Those are your shooting guards. And then you have um, you have PG thirteen, and you've got uh, Doug McDermott, and then you have Terrence Ferguson, who they probably would like to get minutes if there are minutes available. But with those four, there shouldn't be minutes available. And then you have Raymond Felton, who's going to play and who could play next to Russ in some spots, um, because I know they like to have multiple ball handlers on the floor if possible. So there's just the minutes aren't there. I think Tony Allen can still play. Like the guy can still play, uh, and he just like who are you going to bump? Are you going to bump Alex Sabrinas' mm-hmm. minutes so that you can play Tony Allen? Like you're not. You're not going right. to do that. And I think they would. I don't think Terrence Ferguson will play a ton for the Thunder, but I think they'd like to give him some minutes to see what he looks like because he's. I mean, he's not a guy that needs the ball in his hands. He's a catch-and-shoot, 3-and-D type wing. And maybe this kid can come in and play. And I think that playing in the NBA, too, for 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds, I think it's really important for their development. I, I don't love just, like, stashing a guy away in the D-League uh, and not giving them a chance. Like, I don't think that what the Thunder did with Perry Jones and Jeremy Lamb was particularly helpful for their careers. And I understand it's going to be tough to get Ferguson minutes on this team because, like we mentioned, there's four wings right there plus Felton, uh, plus all the minutes that Russ is going to take. I just think, I don't know, I just think that it would be good, though, for Ferguson to get some experience in the NBA. Um, But also you have Josh Eustace, too, who could play the three. Yeah, I know. Um, So there's just, there's not enough space. I think for the first time ever, the Thunder are set at the wings because <laughs> even when we had Durant, right. we was always like, man, the Thunder could use another wing. Um, mm-hmm. But now I I think that they're pretty much set for the first time and it might only be for one season. <laughs> it may be. Yeah, maybe. But uh, at this point, and even if, you know, even if there was another move that opened up an opportunity on the wing, I don't know that Tony Allen is going to be the solution. So right. no, no, no. Yeah, you're right. Uh, this is from at Kev underscore VH. If Russ and Paul wait to sign contracts, would that give the Thunder max level space to start free agency in 2018? And then they could both sign with bird rights. Uh, and then there's a reply after this. Uh, no, cap holds. Yeah. And this is, <laughs> and this, is uh, this was the concept that was supposed to prevent teams from double dipping. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when a player's contract expires, he still counts against the cap. And at a higher number than his previous contract. And so because the NBA assumes by default you want to bring your own guys back. So uh, Russell Westbrook, let's look, you know, using this scenario, you know, uh, Paul George, Russell Westbrook are going to count, I think, 30 some odd million against the salary cap. Um, so there will be no cap room unless those guys leave. Yeah. So, uh, no, this this is not a this is not a viable solution either. So there have been loopholes in the past, 
like San Antonio did this with Kawhi Leonard coming off his rookie contract yep. uh, because he had a low cap hold. Um, but now the league is going to change that, not this summer, but next summer, uh, and, and increase those cap holds. So, no. Um, go to the go to the CBA FAQ, search for cap holds, and Larry Coon will explain it like infinitely better than I possibly could. Yep. Uh, from at Shannon Z. Ward, after last year, how do you justify yourself – question how do you justify yourself questioning on media day what do you plan on asking samaj uh i i I think shannon's taking a little swipe at you andrew i think he is which is fair (laughs) i should probably stay away from the mic when samaj comes onto the podium because i'll be there i'll be recording media day and if i have questions i'll ask um, but I'll probably step out of the room when it comes to Samaj because I, I don't, I can't predict what will come out of my mouth, uh, if I'm holding a mic and looking into the face of Samaj Christian. So, so what, what I'll do is I'll say Samaj, you know, last season, uh, you took a lot of heat on social media from people <laughs> that felt like you had no business being in the league. Um, what have you done in order to try to redeem yourselves in the eyes of those people? I'll, I'll ask that question. Oh man, it was it got really bad toward the end of the season and then the playoffs because anytime Samaj would do something good, I would get like forty replies to me just yeah. about <laughs> Samaj. Right? Um, hey, you 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 painted yourself in that corner, bud. You asked for that, so I did. <laughs> I just. <laughs> It just started as me just like wanting everyone to make sure like we knew like this is not a good starting this is this is not good for the thunder in any, right. in any way and it uh, it it got pretty bad. Uh, this is from at Trey Browntown. Uh, where do you see Russ's efficiency numbers next year with the added space on the floor and presumably with lesser usage slash shot attempts? I, I've never put the words Russell Westbrook inefficient in the same sentence in a, in a positive way. I mean, even in the best of times, I mean, that's just, yeah. I look efficiency is, is some guys, you know, thrive on that. You know, like Durant, for example, has always been a high efficient player or Dirk Nowitzki or whatever. Russ has never been like the model of efficiency. No, he, he hasn't. I just think that like his field goal percentage will see an increase. Because he's a forty three percent, he's forty three percent for his career on field goal attempts. He was forty two last season, so I think that he could go up as high as like forty four, forty five from the field. We're not talking like ultra efficient though, um, right? Like you said, yeah. and he shot his best percentage from three last season. I think a lot of people forget on the mm-hmm. his m- most attempts. He took seven threes, and prior to that, he hadn't taken more than four point three attempts from three. Um, I think, I think that you could see that. I would expect his three point percentage to even dip because I think that some of that is luck. Um, I don't think that he, and maybe he did improve, and maybe he is going to be a thirty four, thirty five percent three point shooter. If that happens, like the Thunder are going to be really good. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> the Thunder are going to be great, but I, I would expect it to dip down to like thirty two percent. Um, which is still fine. Like he should still take threes. He's not going to take yeah. seven threes, a, you know, a game again next season. Or he shouldn't do that. I am more concerned about the efficiency numbers of like Stephen Adams, which I think will go up. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And 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 what Trey is talking about here, having more room to work with, it should help Adams out tremendously. Uh, you know any big man it should help out on this thunder team so mm-hmm. uh, I, I look more in that regard russ russ plays the way he does and he plays yeah. a game that you know is not necessarily designed around being highly efficient like some of the most skilled scorers in the league well even a paul george like i think that mm-hmm. his efficiency will he will benefit from playing next to russell westbrook as durant did as stephen adams will as ennis canner has you know he will he'll benefit from playing next yep. to him as um, Serge Ibaka did, right? Uh, I don't exactly. Know, I don't know that Serge Ibaka becomes a player that he is if he didn't play next to Russ for the you know first eight years of his career. Yeah, I mean he was. People forget like Ibaka was money on that pick and pop for so long. Yep. So it'll help. It will. Uh, next question 
is from at Matthew C seventy six seventy three. Will Dakari and Josh get a shot this year? Is this the tenth consecutive podcast we've been asked about Josh Hughes getting an opportunity? Uh, probably eleventh. Okay, let's. Well, if, uh, if so, do you want to just talk to Kari? <laughs> well, if this is the eleventh, I want to punch the card because I get a free sub. <laughs> so let me do it. Do it. It's a very very popular topic. <laughs> um, yeah. I, as far as look, as far as Dakari goes, I mean, there maybe there's going to be some more movement that might open up a roster spot for him. But right yeah. now, it looks like he would. Right now, it looks like he's in line for one of those two way contracts. And I don't know that. I'm not reporting that. I'm just that's just the way it looks. Yeah. Um, and even if he did get signed, you know, to a minimum salary NBA contract, um, I, I, I don't see where there's going to be room for him, barring a big shake up to the roster. Right. Yeah, Dakari Johnson, Daniel Hamilton, those guys look like the most likely candidates for those two-way deals if the Thunder are going to use them. And mm-hmm. those guys aren't contributing to this team. Like they're, right. I mean, Dakari looked good in summer league. Uh, He's doing some things that you know we really hadn't seen before with his ball handling and stuff like that. But uh, Dakari Johnson's not playing for the Thunder this season unless Ennis Canner's gone and they don't replace him with another big. And then Jeremy Grant gets hurt. Then maybe they bring Dakari up and try him. <laughs> but he's he's not contributing to the Thunder. Daniel Hamilton, he's not he's not going to play for this team. I don't even know if he'll ever play for this team. Um, yeah, unless things got really bleak and you know Russ and Paul George leave and you know Doug McDermott gets priced out and then it's like well. Daniel Hamilton is now our, our fourth or fifth wing. Um, yeah. But I, I just don't – I don't see it with those guys. Uh, I don't I don't even – the minutes aren't there for Hughes either. Like I feel bad right. for him uh, because I feel like he's done everything that he's been asked to do. And I do think he's got talent. Uh, but for whatever reason, he is basically just not going to get a chance unless there's an injury. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. And so a, a couple of things to add to that. I mean, go to basketball reference and, and click back through the NBA drafts over the years. You'll find that there are uh, the vast majority of second round picks don't pan out or don't pan out too much. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So no not anticipating not anticipating a lot out of those guys. And also, too, and, you know, Brett Dawson and I talked about this on, on a recent Thunder Buddies pod, the 15th guy, 16th, 17th. Uh, it's not going to move the needle. Not going to move the needle at no. all. Like you say, they're kind of there, like, you know, uh, break glass in case of emergency. They're there for that type of situation, but don't anticipate they're going to contribute a whole lot. Well, that's why Nick resigned. Because, like, mm-hmm. it. Does, I mean, Nick Collison's not going to play for the Thunder next season. And he's there as a veteran. He's there to be Mr. Thunder, to retire as a, as a Thunder slash Sonics player. Um, that's what he's there for. Like they're yeah. not, they're not going to play him, um, which I think Nick is probably very disappointed about. But they just don't need to play him. Um, so yeah, and I mean, I mean another thing too because we did hear, and I forget if Collison himself said it or if it was just you know people that reported that Collison would like to play. Mm-hmm. Every NBA player would like to play. Oh right? yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I like I didn't find that terribly surprising. No, I thought okay, well that might lead him to look around and maybe an opportunity does come up in in san antonio for example but Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not surprised that an nba player would you know would get the word out that well i want to play somewhere next year Mm -hmm. well you know you you may not be able to and this might be the the role you can get yeah yeah it's surprising one of the best 400 players at a game would want to play that particular game right yeah (laughs) strange huh at jd lawrence do you think Presti was always planning to go big this offseason, or do you think it's a case of good old luck? <laughs> uh, I, I've talked about this before. I mean, this is kind of why the Thunder had the youth movement that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, and, and Sam talked about this in his press conferences before all the all the big moves went down. Um, yeah, I, I have no doubt that they were working trying to get another star player in here. And because they had young players, they had a better opportunity 
to make that happen. And if it didn't happen, then you come back with the young players, let them grow and develop until the right opportunity comes along to move them. So they were in a much better position to do that than, you know, if Memphis is trying to offer, well, we got Chandler Parsons and Deontay Davis. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want that for Paul George? You know, they actually had like young guys on contracts that, that Indiana wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to pull that through. So that's kind of the beauty of this plan is you've got young guys that are going to, you know, hopefully going to get better, most likely going to get better if you keep them, um, or they're going to be more desirable to other teams if that right opportunity comes along. Yeah. And that's what the NBA is all about is opportunities. And that's what Sam Presti set himself up for was just to have the opportunity to have the conversation. Like I've got, yeah. I've got assets. And I think some of it is luck. Like it's, oh, sure. it's lucky that Paul George was in the last year of his deal and to let the Pacers know that he didn't want to finish out his deal with them basically, or that he's leaving whenever his contract is up. It's luck that the Thunder were able to draft or able to get Sabonis and Oladipo for Serge Ibaka uh, because mm-hmm. they were able to leverage Toronto and Orlando against each other. Um, yeah, I, I, but I do think that a lot of it's just the immense preparation that Sam Presti has and the ability to have these young guys and to have multiple scenarios mapped out. Like Sam Presti doesn't just – he's not setting this team on like a track and like we're just going to grind it out with this squad until they reach their max potential. Like I think Sam Presti is always looking to improve yeah. the roster and improve the team. And that's where, and like, that includes, that, yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to say that that includes now. I mean, I, I don't think that they've necessarily just kind of, you know, just kind of brushing their hands going, well, that was a hard, you know, summer. No, yeah. I, I have no doubt they're probably still on the lookout to continue to improve the team if they can. And uh, and, and just to clarify, too, we're not saying that everything this offseason was just luck. It's more like the opportunities. It's kind of fortunate that they came around. But like you said, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it, mm-hmm. you know, to identify those players, to develop those players, you know, to, uh, to to build the relationships with a guy like Kevin Pritchard, you know, to keep going back to him and, you know, yep. and, and to work a dead deal with him. And there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes to get to that point. It's not necessarily just, you know, pick up the phone and make the offer and, you know, yes or no. It's yep. that the Paul George deal, again, has been has has been reported was going on all last season mm-hmm. so this was months and months of chatter that led to that uh, actually happening and uh sam presti pulling on the heart threads of, of kevin pritchard too right right hey was, you, whatever whatever works it's really pretty interesting reading that article about how he was like told him he could identify with where he was and mm-hmm. i know how this is so hard and Kevin's like crying on the other end. No, that, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's do a couple more from at BP 2097. Which roster would you rather have the Thunder or the Rockets? Who has a, who has better starters slash bench? Which all-star duo fits better? So let's, I think we can start with the all-star duo that fits better. I think that it's Russ and Paul George because they play different positions and can cover multiple positions on the court um, as a duo where you have uh, Harden and Chris Paul. They are both effectively point guards, um, which isn't like the worst thing in the world to have that as your multiple positions, but the, the fit isn't seamless with them. Yeah. Yeah, and again, this is all on paper. This was something uh, you know I was asked yeah. yesterday about in the Western Conference. You know, where do these teams line up? And you know, it, it, it's going to be a lot different when they actually get on the court together. Who knows? Maybe Paul George and, and Russ don't click. Maybe maybe Harden and, and CP3 don't click. Maybe mm-hmm. it all comes together and it's and it's brilliant. So we're kind of going on paper here, but yeah, I, the comparison that I've used is like Russ and Kevin Durant were like Shaq and Kobe, but Russ and Paul George could be Russ and Powell yeah. or Kobe and Powell. Mm-hmm. I, I think that type of a fit, just the personalities, the the, the skill sets they bring, the complementary, the potential complementary skill set between the two, I think it could be you know, kind of a fit like that. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, here's the deal with the Rockets and the Thunder. They're extremely close. 
Like they are yeah, neck and flip neck. A coin. And yeah. yeah, flip a coin as to who's going to finish with the better record. Because I, th- I think that they're going to be within two or three games of each other at the end of the season. And who knows which team it's going to be. Maybe one team suffers injuries where another team doesn't. Maybe, like you mm-hmm. said, maybe it takes a while for one team to click where it doesn't for the other. Um, so, and, and both these teams aren't done yet. I think the Thunder are probably closer to done um, than the Rockets are because the Rockets are still in these ongoing Carmelo Anthony talks. And depending on who they have to give up to get him, like I, I think they're going to have to give up more than just Ryan Anderson to get Mello back, unless something very crazy happens. Um, like if they have to give up, like an Eric Gordon, like that changes the entire equation for me on mm-hmm. which team is is better. Because if you have Eric Gordon coming off the bench for you, uh, that's a big deal. That's a really big yeah. deal. He was huge last season before the trade deadline when yep. they got greedy and went and got Lou Williams. Right. Yeah. He was he was really good. He had a great season for them. Because um, then who's coming off your bench? You know. Right. I mean, then that's where they're you're going to see like I don't I don't know what they're going to do. And the Thunder yeah. the Thunder have got Canner who's going to score off the bench. Um, but I I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Because I do think that both are very good. I think I would lean toward the Thunder starters um, for sure. Uh, I just think that their defense is going to be outstanding. Um, because if the, the if the Rockets start Ryan Anderson at the four, I think that that's that's where you say okay, advantage Thunder um, because mm-hmm. their defense and their offense I think is going to be really good. And then with the bench. I think it's. I mean, it's close too. I think that you could. Uh, yeah, Nene is 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 really good last season, but he's coming off an injury and he's in his fifteenth year. Um, mm-hmm. PJ Tucker is is good, but he's thirty two. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he, they definitely have a more experienced bench. Um, but well, it's, but it's Dan only Dan Tony's only going to use two of those guys the entire season. So right. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, that's how he rolls. And another thing with like the the bench for Houston is that they're always going to have Chris Paul or James Harden on the floor. Like that they should. Like yeah. their their backup point guard is James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, not not a bad scenario. We've seen that work out well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That helps. It helps to have James Harden with your second unit. Um, yeah. So that makes it a little bit more complicated because I think the Thunder could run more of a traditional second unit, even more so than the Houston Rockets will. Um, but it's close, and I, I just Definitely. think that on paper, on paper, I think I might favor the Thunder. Um, but I just think that you're right; you just have to see it. You got to see it play out because you just never yeah. know. Because I mean, the personalities yeah. in Houston are a little bit more explosive than they are in Oklahoma City. Um, but there's also a high, a really, really high ceiling with that Rockets team as an offensive team, uh, because what they lacked last season was that they just did threes and and at the rim, and now they have one of the best mid range players in the game, and Chris Paul, who could kind of bridge the gap and make them a very, very dynamic team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Clint Capella, a lot of it hinges on his development too. Uh, Capella's I think he's only 22 or he's 23 now. Um, like a lot of the development hinges on him. Like what is he going to do? Cause he, he's, he's a pretty good rim runner, but he's not a great defender. The Thunder played him off the floor last season in the playoffs. Uh, what does his development look like? Uh, is Trevor Ariza going to continue to be good? Is PJ Tucker, you know, the, both those two are at the age where it's, gets a little dicey with these like 32 year old wings and can they keep up? Um, and so the, there's an advantage with the thunder is that they have a lot of young guys. They're either in their prime or they're these pre prime young guys. Um, so you can see it go either way where these players for the rockets are still able to play really well. And then the thunderers guys aren't quite ready or you could see it flip flopped, but I don't know. It's going to be a fast. That's that's going to be a fascinating thing to watch as the season goes on. No doubt. Uh, let's do. Let's do one more. 
people are asking about Terrence Ferguson. We don't know when he'll get the clearance from FIBA, but I assume it's going to happen. Like, do you have anything on that? No, it's it's a weird situation. I don't recall, and this is off the top of my head. I haven't really researched this. I, I don't recall a hangup quite like this to this you know to this extreme. Yeah. Um, but I, I I don't have any reason to doubt it. But it's just it's kind of strange. I know I I don't know where I don't know where that stands. But no, I don't I don't get the impression it's going to linger into the regular season. Yeah, and. I don't. Maybe this has happened before. I I don't know because right. this stuff is not like news, really. Right. <laughs> and, and and things that teams are like reporting about and like Terrence Ferguson's going to get signed and he's going to be on the Thunder roster and he's probably going to play for the Blue. Like that's that's the track that we're headed with Terrence Ferguson for this season. Well, uh, and let's. And it, this is also just you know me kind of musing here, but here's the other scenario too. You know, maybe there is a legitimate FIBA hang up and that's and that's holding up things, but mm-hmm. he's also he could also be traded right now. If if yeah. he's signed if he's signed, you have to wait thirty days until he can be included in a trade. Um but as of now he's zero dollar salary and you know, he's he's a draft pick basically you can include into a trade. So Yeah, that's um, true. I've thought you know, I, I thought about that the other day. Yeah. Yeah. So just I you know, again, who know, he, he he could very well, like you say, sign a contract, split the season between the Blue and the Thunder, and and we'll see how it goes. But in the meantime, you know that that's a trade chip. Yeah, because you look at Canner and you're like, man, nobody probably wants him. But if you threw Terrence Ferguson and the Bulls second rounder with Canner, it's like, huh? Well, that's yeah. that's kind of interesting. Maybe. Uh, all right, last one from at OK Love Zero. Discuss the Paul George God is good tweet. Was that really about Lakers Summer League? Are he and Magic secretly communicating? Hashtag conspiracy theories. <laughs> that That is more thought than I have put into it. <laughs> it's funny. I just, I, I don't know what I would do if I had like the social media power of, of an NBA player. Because you could just mess with people so much. Like, oh yeah, Paul George is probably not tweeting about summer league, and he's probably, probably not, not tweeting to Magic Johnson. He's probably just had like a really great experience, like, like at his church or with somebody or with his family, or maybe he caught a big fish or something's <laughs> happening, and he picks up his phone. He's like, "Man, this is so. Man, my life is so good. God is good. You know, prayer hands. This is great. I'm just, I'm just." Things are going great. And then, like, Lakers fans are like, we just won Summer League Championship, and now Paul George saying God is good. That must mean he's coming to L.A. I mean, it's just, it's it's astounding. Yeah, uh, I have, uh, oh, I've cracked the Da Vinci Code. I've cut it all together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Paul George is probably like, oh, no, I can't believe the coincidence and me tweeting about and the summer league championship come on right. people the summer right. league championship means nothing the kings won the summer league championship like two years ago it <laughs> means absolutely nothing the thunder won That's the right. summer league championship in orlando a few years ago and they still had Durant and westbrook on their team and you know what all those players were really didn't contribute to the thunder except for reggie jackson yeah. like this doesn't mean anything I mean, they, right. I mean, Kuzma could be good. Like, I don't know, but a lot of people through the draft process don't think that he's any good. Um, yeah. Guys that aren't any good, you know what? Sometimes they look really good in Summer League. Oh, man. Yeah, there are some dudes that look incredibly good in Summer League, and then they actually start playing NBA talent. You realize yeah. they're Summer League players. Yeah. So I, I don't take anything from it. I just think that Paul George thinks that God is good. That's what I could think. Could be as simple as that. <laughs> could be as simple as that. I don't think that he is elated about the Summer League Championship. I don't think that that's swaying anybody. And, yeah. you know, Magic Johnson is super enthusiastic. So the Lakers are back after they won the Summer yeah. League Championship. Okay. Like, they're, yeah. they're, they're coming back, but... And maybe they're back next summer, um, but if you, it, I don't know that you 
if you're the 10th or 11th best team in the West, if that qualifies as being back. Right. John, thanks for coming on the show today. We'll follow you on Twitter at John M. Ham. We'll listen to you on the franchise. Uh, read those articles on Daily Thunder. Just go search for John Ham on Daily Thunder. Uh, really useful stuff. If you're trying to understand, like, what, what are the Thunder doing and why are they doing it and what are the means they have to do it, uh, Ham does a great job of explaining that, and he kind of lined it out in a few articles that he's done this summer. So if you want to be a smarter Thunder fan, you should read those. Anything else, Ham? Nothing else at the moment. Awesome. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star iTunes review. We've had a lot of really nice reviews lately. I just want to thank you guys for that and just encourage you to keep doing that. If you're someone that listens day in, day out, um, and you enjoy the show, just take a few minutes to leave us a review. It does help us in the ratings um, or in the rankings on iTunes, and it helps with sponsorships, and it just kind of helps people that are looking for like a new NBA show or a Thunder show. If they see that we have so many ratings, I think that that helps too. So if you have the time, do that. That'd be super nice. Uh, we'll be back for a fry pod of crazy and weirdness um, on Friday. And until then, hope you guys have a great day.